Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith. And I'm Jill Welke. And good morning. How was your weekend, Jill? It was good. Did a little family gathering stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, did a did some church type things and Very had a good nice. day. You know, it was not the nicest weather this weekend. No, I'm kind of disappointed in Mother Nature right now. I'll be honest. Me too. This I was is pick- not spring. <laughs> no, and I was picking up plastic in the yard. You know, and some of it still froze down. I'm like, for real? Uh huh. I know, sticks. I don't even have a tree in my yard, but I have sticks in my yard. Well, I'll give you some of my sticks. I don't want any sticks because then my kids sit there and then they hit each other with them. Like they're sword fighting and I'm like, no. And then they cry when one hits the other one too hard. Well, you know. I know. I don't know. But still, I mean, hit a tree, but I don't have a tree. So I guess they can't beat that with a stick either. No. But the robins, oh my gosh, they're everywhere now. Well, that's good because I think... You know, I saw two robins the other day, and I figured they got snowed on their tail. Because does that count for two times the <laughs> nope. snow? Oh. No, nope, it doesn't count. They need three separate snows on the robin's tail before it's officially spring. Well, but we had snow. What was it on Friday? We had snow showers, and Saturday there was a little bit going on. And we got to be getting close. I know. I'm just. Oh, I'm so ready for warm weather, flip flops, and shorts. Yeah, and we're calving yet. And in the calves, I had two yesterday in the cold, and they did fine. Now, what is the head count up to now? How many babies you got at home? We have 30. Oh, my gosh. And yes, I will tell you that it's 50-50. We're half boys, half girls. Really? And we are at, you know, Bob always says, well, you had 100%. I said, yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. We're actually at 103% because Ooh. we have a set of twins that are surviving. Ooh, that's exciting. So Well, springtime is officially here. The robins are back. Babies are being born. And pretty soon, we're going to be seeing some fawns crossing the road. That'll be another month or two yet. But it is a chilly morning if you're just getting up and ready to head outside to do some chores. On my way in from Nilsville, I had a high of 8. Up here in Eau Claire, we're at 13 degrees, looking at a high of 40 with some clouds today. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. <laughs> so... Jill and I are talking here during the holiday vacations promo, you know, take a trip to Germany and Austria with Bob Bosold. And immediately I'm like, this sounds like a polka back here. And then it dawns on me, well, it's from, you know, going to Germany. That's the polka town. And yeah, we're busting a move back here this morning, Jill. Yeah, I know. All the way around the studio, we're going around and round and round with the polka. Okay, well, I didn't quite go around and around, but, you know, a little left and right, left, right, you know. <laughs> I'm doing the little kid polka. Hey, that works for me. But, you know, it's a nice time to go out, get something fun like that. So if you want to take a trip with Bob, you got to sign up before it's gone. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. We're at 13 degrees right now in Eau Claire, looking at a high of 40 today, partly cloudy. 
And tomorrow, there's a chance of some scattered showers. Wednesday, a little bit of rain. And Wednesday night, well, we're not going to talk about that, but there might be some white stuff out there, and I'm not talking about frost. So keep an eye on the roads the next couple days. Just, you know, use your smarts and go slow and be careful. But it is 5 o'clock on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. It's time this morning to check in with some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Ukraine is willing to discuss becoming a neutral country in a peace deal with Russia. That comes with conditions, as President Volodymyr Zelensky says the deal would have to be guaranteed by third parties and put to a referendum. Zelensky was speaking with Russian journalists on Sunday, an interview that Moscow has warned Russian media outlets not to report on. One former congressman thinks the U.S. has yet to see a significant cyber attack from Russia because Moscow is too sidetracked by the ongoing invasion in Ukraine. They thought that this campaign and, and this, this, um, this invasion of Ukraine would be going differently. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, Texas Republican Will Hurd warned Russian hackers were still capable of doing some damage. He pointed to water treatment plants and utility grid systems as potential targets. President Biden's approval rating has hit a new low. Scott Carr has more from Washington. A new NBC News poll shows the president's overall approval rating falling to 40 percent, with more than half of those polled saying they don't approve of the job he's doing as president. This on the heels of President Biden's trip to Europe to rally world leaders in defense of Ukraine. The survey, however, was taken just before the president's trip. It shows a 3 percent decline in his approval rating from January. I'm Scott Carr. Hollywood wrapped up an eventful night at the 94th Academy Awards, Things got heated between Will Smith and Chris Rock after Rock made a joke about Jada Smith's bald head. Smith got on stage and slapped Rock and yelled at him to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. Afterward, Smith won the Oscar for Best Actor. And the 2022 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament Final Four is set. Kansas, Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina will compete in New Orleans for college basketball's biggest prize. Kansas battles Villanova on Saturday while Duke takes on bitter rival North Carolina for the first time in the NCAA tournament. The winner of each game will square off on Monday, April the 4th for the national title. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And that's a look at some of our national news this morning. We'll be touching base a little bit later on with Morgan McCarthy on the local news. And speaking of local news, Jill, we've got something going on starting tomorrow. It's the WPS Farm Show which is the 60th farm show. Wow, I didn't realize it was going on that many years. It starts tomorrow and goes through the 31st at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. 9 to 4 on Tuesday and Wednesday and 9 to 3 on Thursday. Admission is free, but parking is $5. That's always a big farm show. It's just massive. I've heard it's a huge gathering of... Technology and information for farmers. Yeah, over 400 exhibitors will be in attendance over three days. Sounds like you'd have to go more than one day to get through it all. I know. Well, wait till you come to Farm Tech in Clark County this year, you know. Maybe we'll have a lot more. (laughs) That's going to be just a massive undertaking. Oh, it's going to be fun. We got Joe Nichols, Sawyer Brown, Madison County coming in, tiling demonstrations, you know, tours of the robotic milking system. There's just so much going on. Hands-on farm tours. That's going to be... I think a big highlight, especially for kids who have never been on a farm, you can actually feed a baby calf, see what it feels like. And you and I both know when you stick your finger in a calf's mouth and they suck on it that first time, it's like, ah. So I just like the idea that there's stuff for the kids to do. It's going to yes. make the parents make the parents happy and make them want to be there. And maybe they'll come back for that second day. Bring yeah. the kids and we'll have you in charge of the hands on. What do you think? Um. <laughs> 
Sure. Sure. <laughs> well, Jill and I, of course, will all be there along with Bob because, well, we can't go anywhere without Bob. I think we're going to change the name from the Midwest Farm Show to like Bob's Angels on Monday morning. I think that's you a know, good idea. We heard of Charlie's Angels. I think we should be Bob's Angels. Well, we'll just get a shirt for you that says Angel and a oh, shirt boy. for me that says Angel. And we'll get a shirt for Bob that just says Bob. Bob. <laughs> well, we're going to have some fun this morning. We've got a lot of news to talk about. Markets, weather. It's a busy Monday morning. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our weather this morning. We're looking at a partly cloudy day today with a high of 40. Tonight is still going to be cloudy. 28 degrees. Tomorrow we got some scattered showers with a high of 41. Tomorrow night some rain, 35. And Wednesday more rain showers with a high of 41. And then Wednesday night we got more rain and a potential for that nasty four-letter word snow. And looking at a low of 29 degrees. But temperatures around the area right now we got Medford at 11 degrees. They're 20 degrees down in La Crosse. Marshfield's at 14, Green Bay's at 18, Rice Lake 14 degrees, Wausau 13, Madison's at 22, Milwaukee's at 23, and right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, we're at 13 degrees. And we've got your morning markets, they're coming up next this morning. And, you know, it's just weird weather out there. I wish it would warm up. The only good thing about rain is it'll get the frost out. So that's some good news. But we got to get to those markets. And this morning's markets are brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And again, the markets are sponsored by Rural Mutual Insurance. Let's start out with our cash price livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 133 to 143 with mixed at 90 to 132. Choice fed beef heifers are 133 to 142 and three quarters with mixed at 110 to 132. Choice fed Holstein steers are 116 to 130 with selects at 86 to 116. Cows are 62 to 94. Bulls are 90 to 109. Butcher hogs are 73 to 88. Sows are 66 to 75. With boars at 27 to 34. New crop market lambs are 145 to 190. Old crop market lambs are 110 to 165. With feeder lambs coming in at 170 to 340. And looking at the Mercantile Exchange, you got your live cattle for April's at 140.47. That's up 80 cents. June is at 137.37, up 42. August is at 138.12, up 42 cents. Feeder kettle for March is at 156.42, that's down 35 cents. April's at 161.57, down $1.15. May's at 165.32, down $1.17. Lean hogs for April's at 107.47, that's up $4.70. May is at 117.90, up $3.77. June is at 125.85, also up $3.77. And looking at the Chicago Board of Trade, we got your July corn at 726, that's down 8 cents. July oats up 8 at 703. July soybeans down a dime at 1678. July soybean meal down $2.10 to 47830 a ton. July wheat is down 23 at 1069. 
And we've got your dairy side barrel cheese up four cents at two twenty-five. Your blocks are up three and a half cents to two twenty-seven and a half. Double A grade butter is down three quarters of a cent to two seventy-nine and a half. And your class three futures for March remained unchanged from last week at twenty-two forty-two. April was down twenty cents to twenty-four thirty. May down twenty-six to twenty-five oh one. June was down twenty-six cents to twenty-four seventy-nine. July down twenty-eight to twenty-four thirty-four. And the markets continue downward trending into 2023. But we all know they're going to come back up. They're going to move around. What's going on over in Ukraine is causing these markets. And things are going to change. We'll just keep you up to date. And hopefully we'll have higher and higher and higher markets. Because I think every farmer's happy with higher market prices. So it's a busy morning at Wax. We've got news coming up that will be coming in shortly. We're going to be talking about local news 15 minutes after the 5 o'clock hour. And, Jill, let's take a look at some news this morning. And, you know, let's talk about Ukraine. You know, and according to the Wisconsin Egg Connection, Ukraine's agriculture minister resigned last Thursday because of health reasons. A month after Russia launched a war that has forced one of the world's largest grain producers to halt the export of some farm products. Ukraine's parliament announced that the lawmakers have voted to approve the appointment of a senior lawmaker as his replacement. And the Ukrainian government is also removing corn and sunflower oil export licensing requirements. Recently, the Ukrainian Grain Association asked the government to cancel export licensing for corn and sunflower oil to allow easier export of those commodities to provide money for spring planting after Russia invaded Ukraine. The group also noted that Ukraine used to be able to export about 200,000 metric tons of grain per day through its ports. However, using railways instead, the country can now export only about 20,000 metric tons per day. And we got some news locally up in the Stratford area. Jill, catch us up. What's going on up there? There's going to be some big changes at Dairyland Laboratories. Because after 52 years of providing soil testing, Dairyland Laboratories has sold their agronomy service located in Stratford, Wisconsin, to AgSource Cooperative Services. The decision to sell the agronomy service business was primarily div- driven by the escalating cost in IT and product development. Agronomy services include soil testing, soil sampling, plant soil te- tissue testing, agronomy manure testing, and nutrient management plan writing. Darlin will continue to provide feed and forage testing at the same location for the time being. Further information on Darlin's new feed and forage lab in Stratford will be coming out soon. Well, some interesting information. We'll have to keep you up to date on that. That's, yeah, interesting stuff there up in Stratford. That'll be a lot of big changes. Yeah, but hopefully it's just the name change and it's still great service. Hopefully. Yep, that'll be good. Well, you know, we've got a busy morning here and it's going to be a sweet morning. We're going to be talking about pineapples. Oh, there's nothing better than a fresh pineapple. Yeah, I agree. Oh, man. I just need one of those slicer core deals instead of using the knife and, like, shaving it off. (laughs) But, yeah, maybe hearing today there'll be some tricks of the trade. You know, we're going to be talking about the industry of the pineapple, when it got started, and a whole lot more. So we'll be hearing from Bob. He's coming in next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. When you think of the history of Hawaii, you think of pineapple, you think of sugar cane, you think of warm weather and oceans. But some of that's changed. Mo is with me now, and Mo is an expert, we could call him, on pineapples. And Mo, give us the history of the pineapple industry 
of when it got started and where it is now on Maui. Okay, so in 1890, an explorer named Captain John Kidwell, who worked with the Dole Corporation, bought pineapples from Brazil to Paraguay to Jamaica to Florida to San Francisco to Hawaii. Uh, in 1888, 1890, uh, the Baldwin brothers uh, started planting the first commercial pineapples uh, here in Maui. Uh, then over also, too, the Dole Corporation also started in Oahu, um, started a farm also in Oahu. Um, by 1910, there was about 16 different companies uh, here in Maui um, growing pineapple for the purposes of canning pineapple so they could send pineapple around the world for the very first time. And... Uh it's evolved to where it is now. Unfortunately, it seems to be going the wrong direction. What's the status of it now, and why have we gotten to this point? So basically, from 1930 to 1991, or 1990, 1999, Hawaii was the number one supplier of pineapples to the entire world. Um, but because of cost of labor, cost of living, and just like doing business here in Hawaii, a lot of pineapple um, companies, almost all of the pineapple companies, except for two, picked up and went to South America. Central America, the Philippines, uh, Vietnam, and India, where cost of labor and paying people to harvest and plant pineapples is a lot less. So we're just losing out uh, to the rest of the world because of inflation and cost of labor, just like a lot of things here in Hawaii. Uh, same thing happened with sugarcane in 2018. So instead of us having sugarcane fields here everywhere now, uh, you have to go to the Philippines to find the major producer of sugarcane now because it's just too expensive uh, to farm sugar or pineapple here in Maui. Well, thank goodness for Maui Gold Pineapple because they are still keeping alive the tradition of pineapples in Hawaii. Mo, what does it take? How intense a crop is pineapple as far as growing it? What's the growing cycle and how do we get it started and how do we harvest? It's intense. I mean, the first pineapple takes between 18 and 24 months to grow. Here at Maui Gold Farms, uh, we do all the planting by hand, so it takes a long time. Our planters plant between eight and 12,000 plants per day all by hand. So all the plant shoots that come off the pineapple are all put into the ground by hand. All the pineapples are taken back out of the fields by hand as well. So because of all that handwork, it's very labor intensive. So the people here that have been farming pineapple and sugarcane for hundreds of years, uh, some of the hardest working people in the whole world. It's very hard to replace hard workers, as you know. Um, you're older like I am, and you know um, our younger generations are back when you were young and back when I was young. They don't build them like that anymore, right? As they say, they don't make them like that anymore. And that's exactly what's happening on these days. The kids these days, they don't want to work out here in the pineapple fields or the sugarcane fields. So. Well, it is, a, it is a different situation, no question about it. But tell us about these planters, because the story you told us about uh, this planting group is, is amazing. Yeah, so youngest planter in the group is 48 years old, oldest planter in the group is 71 years old. And they've been averaging an average of about 25 to 45 years that they've been here uh, working with Maui land and pineapple, uh, planting and harvesting sugarcane and pineapple. Very, very difficult job. Um, they used to plant every single day when we had more than 82,000 acres here on Maui, but now that there's only 1,000 acres, they just plant twice a week. It's very demanding. And they say that you know a 12 or 14 hour day planting is equal to an 80 hour um, 
double work week at, at a regular job. So it's very demanding, very, very physical, very lots of physical labor. And lots of people come out here and they try out uh, every single month to come out here and be a pineapple planter or a pineapple harvester. And just some people just don't make the grade. I mean, it's a very, very hard job. And it takes a particular hardworking person to stick it out there and uh, want to be out there in the hot sun every day planting pineapple. It's very difficult. And if they do stick it out, it's, it's worthwhile for them worthwhile economically because this is an expensive place to live. That's right. And like they're, they're, they're played by the piece. When they, once they get paid, uh, each planter plants between eight and 12,000 shoots a day. Once they get past 7,000 shoots, they get paid by the shoot. So there's an incentive to plant faster. That's the reason why they can plant so many in one day. They've got a money incentive to get out there and plant. And they take care of them. they got great insurance out here. There's profit sharing out here. So they really, uh, Maui Gold Pineapples really takes care of their employees out here. That's the reason why people want to stick around. I've been here for about a year and three months now, and I've not seen turnover. I've not seen people coming here and being hired and then quitting and walking away. People that come here and work stay here and work. What's the cultural practices, the agronomic practices? What do these plants need as far as soil type, as far as fertilization, as far as pH of the soil? What's all involved to grow pineapple successfully? So pineapple needs a, a pH of 7, which is neutral in the ground. Uh, they need very little fertilization. We use a chicken and a cow manure out here, and we use a urea that we'll put down on the ground that's high in nitrogen. Um, but since we have volcanic soil, ash, cinder, and volcanic rock, and our pH is right at 7, we don't need to over-fertilize. So the plants don't need a lot. They just need to be in this environment. Here in Hawaii, luscious soil, beautiful um, air temperature, wonderful volcanic spring water. So we really have to do very little to farm out here. Everybody that I know that lives up country has a little farm in their backyard, and everybody farms a little bit. Everyone has some sort of fruit or vegetable growing in their yard. As far as the pineapples themselves, one fruit off a plant or how does that work so you can get you can get as much as three fruits off of one plant that's what we do at the farm we can do up to two to three generations but a pineapple plant itself can live up to seven years and can produce in the wild can produce several pineapples over its span or lifetime okay because every time a pineapple plant rots and decays and goes back on the ground a little bit of rainwater and a new pineapple plant can come up in its place even if it's not propagated I always tell people to go to Lanai, where they had more than 15,000 acres of pineapple growing in Lanai. They don't cultivate them anymore, but there's still wild pineapple growing out there. So just a little bit of rainwater, and the pineapple plant wants to just keep on going. Right? So as long as you're growing out here in Hawaii, pineapple plants do very well, and they don't, need, they don't need a whole lot to go, but they need a lot of handwork so they can be propagated and so they can be harvested. Now, some of the misnomers about pineapple, the one is they don't grow on trees. No. But some of the other stuff about, uh, you know, when you pick a pineapple and put it on the counter, does it get better? Some of the things that uh, people have misconceptions about. So pineapples don't grow up in trees. They're bromeliad plants. They grow in bushes anywhere from three to five feet tall. Um, pineapples do not ripen much after you pick them. They might ripen for maybe uh, maybe 24 to 48 hours after you pick them. After that, they start to rot and decay from the inside out. So it's different from an apple and orange that you can pick green, and then they change color in the store. Pineapples are not the same. So because of that reason, here at Maui Gold Farms, we're one of the only pineapple farms in the world that picks the pineapples ripe and fresh and ready to eat right at that moment. So you can literally go to the store, get a Maui Gold Pineapple, and eat it right away. You don't need to set it on the counter for any amount of time. What about uh, if you do set it on the counter, 
Will the sugars go to the bottom? Do you turn it back upside down if you want to use it the next day? What are some of the things that okay, uh, so tricks? They, they say that the sweetest part of the pineapple is the bottom of the pineapple. So one thing you can do is you can twist the top of the pineapple off, flip the pineapple upside down, and put it on your cor- on your counter for at least 24 hours, and that's going to allow that 80 to 90 percent sugar to travel from the bottom of the pineapple to the top of the pineapple just by flipping it upside down on your counter just overnight. So that's what some people say. So they say the bottom of the pineapple is the sweeter part. And you know, that's actually true, that the bottom part of the pineapple is sweeter. I've actually tried this trick at home where you actually, you know, take the top off, flip it upside down. Oh, my gosh. That bottom piece is just, oh, it's so good. Have you ever tried it, Jill? You know, taking the top off, flipping it upside down? I have not. Ooh. Sounds like something maybe we'll explore next week. Yeah. Monday, let's give it a try. Yeah, after I get one of those pineapple core slicer doohickeys, because otherwise I'm trying to shave off the edges and, yeah. It gets, gets kind of messy, doesn't <laughs> it? It, it does. just flies. Everything's flying everywhere. I know, but the kids have so much fun with it. They're like, Mom, there goes a piece. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to keep moving this morning. We've got markets coming up here. we got Rocky Olson coming in next. And that'll be brought to you by... Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to check in with our morning markets again brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean Company. And we're going to head over to the premier livestock barn up in Withy. And Rocky Olson is with us. Good morning, Rocky. Hey, good morning. So it's a little chilly yet. I kind of think we should protest this cold weather and ask for warmer weather. I would agree with you on that. <laughs> I would agree with you. We had a little taste of that nicer weather for a little while. Oh, it was so fault. nice. Yeah, but it's coming. It is. Well, catch us up. What's all going on over at Premier? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Good morning, everyone. This is how last week's cattle market shaped up here at Premier. We did sell over 2,500 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle trade is steady. High choice and prime Holstein steers 118 to 132. Uh, select and low choice Holsteins $1.05 to $1.17. Choice beef steers and heifers 125 to 136. Uh, market cows trading very strong. Most cows 60 to 78. Those high yielding heavyweight cows from 79 to 90. And we've seen an extreme top cow at 96. Market bulls bringing mostly uh, high yielding bulls 90 to a dollar nine, uh, low yielding 89 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Higher yielding cows from 75 to a dollar 14. Lower yielding lightweight cows 74 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue good demand, uh, mostly from 110 to 220 per head. Your beef calves 125 to 375. Holstein heifer calves 10 to 50. Dairy cattle auction we had here uh, last Wednesday, those better quality fresh cows. Uh, all the cows uh, last week were uh, were tie stall cows. Uh, 1,800 to 2,200. Last Thursday's top parlor cows, 2,000 all the way up to 3,300. Wednesday we had a showcase of top quality spring and heifers bringing from 1,600 all the way up to 2,200. Uh, we had them fancy registered yearling Holstein bulls from Sandy Valley. Uh, they averaged 26.25 on their yearlings. We had one deep pedigreed registered bull 
um, that brought 10750 This week, Wednesday, we get our dairy cattle auction, a complete herd of 130 Holstein and red Holstein dairy cows. They're going to be tie stall milk, outside daily, bunk fed, loose housing, headlock adapted, 50 years of AI breeding. They're averaging 80 pounds of milk with a 4-2 fat, 3-3 protein, 165 cell count. They will sell on test. That herd is coming from Ben and Jan Heck out of Greenwood. Uh, we have another fancy group of two-year-olds averaging over 90 pounds, some two-year-olds milking over 100, uh, plus a big run of spring and heifers. Uh, hay sale is back on this Wednesday. Uh, sheep and goat auction is on this Thursday as well. Uh, last Friday, we had our machinery auction. Uh, we had an extremely, extremely good auction. We had over 1,400 buyers on hand. Uh, thanks to all the consigners, thanks to the buyers, and definitely uh, thanks to our hardworking staff. Uh, questions, give us a call at Premier, 715-229-2500. Uh, details on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. And that's how it's shaped up, Kristen. Sounds good, Rocky. Well, you have a great day, and we'll catch you later. All right, thank you. There he goes. That's Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock this morning. And we've got weather, news, markets, busy morning. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning to check in with some weather. We're going to head over to our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, and see what's going on this week. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen. How we doing? Well, you know, to be honest, I'm not real happy. This weather is not at all what I put in my order for. I think that uh, you and everybody else in western Wisconsin probably saying the same thing. <laughs> so you need to fix that for us. Give us some good news. Uh, maybe <laughs> get back to me next week. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess catch us up on this week, and then we'll talk good next week. Yeah, so for today, I mean, we'll have mostly sunny conditions to start the morning and into the afternoon. But still, as it is going to be warmer than yesterday, but still going to be below average as we do warm up into the upper 30s and low 40s. Later tonight, more clouds are going to start moving in, and winds will start to pick up out of the southeast. Still not really going to be much of a factor between about 5 and 10 miles per hour, but that's enough to keep us a little on the warmer side tonight as our temperatures will dip into the upper 20s. Then tomorrow, things start to get a little interesting. We'll start off with mostly cloudy conditions, then some chances for a few scattered rain and snow showers as well, a little wintry mix as we warm up into the low 40s. By tomorrow night, chances of rain uh, as we get into the mid-30s for the most part. Wednesday, these precip chances continue. We do warm it up into the low to mid-40s once again with rain and maybe even a rumble or two of thunder. I don't think that that'll make it this far north, but it is uh, something that is possible going into Wednesday night. That's when we continue to see some chances for uh, rain before going into Thursday morning when that does transition over to a little bit more in the way of snow. Accumulations aren't going to be a concern, but we will uh, still see some snow as we do warm up into the mid-30s. Things start to quiet down, though, on Friday with mostly sunny conditions and temperatures still below average, though, only warming up into the low 40s. Right now, mostly clear conditions in Eau Claire with a temperature of 10 degrees. I'm Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike Dandria. So we've got Friday coming. What's your weather prediction? I mean, you know what Friday is. Right? Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see. I think this whole week has been uh, an April Fool's joke played <laughs> by Mother Nature. So. <laughs> so we'll just have to see. Maybe she'll play a nice joke on us and give us some beautiful weather for Friday. One can only hope. I hope so. <laughs> All right, thank you, Chris. All right, thanks, Mike. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist. And your Skywarn 13 weather is brought to you by Mark Court Motors. Mark Court Motors is hiring for a metal technician in their high-volume auto body shop. 
Mark Court Motors offers a competitive salary with a generous benefit package. Apply in person, call, or go to markcourtmotors.com. And, you know, we've got to check in on some local weather or local news now. And Morgan McCarthy is joining us this morning. And Morgan, catch us up. What's going on locally? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. Plugging back from a weekend and into a new week, we start in the La Crosse area where the main suspect in a January shooting is back in Wisconsin. Jail records show 35-year-old Carvel Freeman was booked into the county jail yesterday. He was arrested in Tennessee earlier this month. La Crosse police say Freeman shot and killed a man during an argument at a local bar in January. A second suspect in the case remains on the run. Meanwhile, university police are looking for whoever robbed a Marquette student at gunpoint and then shot someone else near campus. This happened along Kilbourne Avenue on Saturday, as police say the gunman robbed a student and ran away at some point shooting another victim. There is a description of the suspect. No pictures released as of yet. On the environmental stage, everybody is okay after a molten aluminum spill and fire in Fond du Lac that happened early yesterday morning at the Mercury Marine Facility. Firefighters had to use air-dry chemical fire extinguishers to control the flames. It took them about an hour and a half to clean up that spilled aluminum, though no one was hurt. No word on just what caused that spill. Looking to the political stage, disability rights groups say the new rule on absentee ballots in Wisconsin are going to disenfranchise voters. Marilee Adumski-Smith tells Capital City Sunday she will not be allowed to cast a ballot. That's due to the new rules. For me to be able to send my absentee ballot would be impossible if I, because I rely on other people to help me put my ballot into the mailbox. In order by the state Supreme Court means that people are not allowed to have assistance getting absentee ballots into mailboxes even if they get assistance filling out those ballots. The only exceptions are for those on jury duty and those who are currently hospitalized. Well, get ready for a blue ribbon. Wisconsin lawmakers may be stepping in to help county fair winners across our state. The State Department of Ag, which helps pay for county fairs across Wisconsin, wants to change the rules so the state will only pay winners to win once. County fairs would have to cover the prize money for people who win at more than one county fair. State Senator Howard Marklein says it would be too tough and too expensive for most county fairs in Wisconsin. But Marklein did say heading into the weekend that lawmakers are looking to overturn the new rule and help county fairs and fair winners. And with the fairest of the fair, you're listening to the Midwest Farm Show with Kristen Smith and Joe Welke. And just after six, we hope to get a Blue Ribbon Monday started for you with Alex Edwards as he wrangles in the usual cast of unusuals. We're live, local, and right along with you right here on Wax 104.5. (laughs) Thanks, Morgan. I like how she says that about us, Jill, that we're the, you know, fairest of the fair here. The fairest of the fair. Yeah, Bob's Angels, here we are. Here we are. (laughs) Well, we got to keep moving along this morning. We've got your markets. They're coming in next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to check in with our morning markets this morning. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers and heifers, dollar fifteen to a dollar thirty-five. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers, dollar ten to a dollar thirty-five. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, dollar twenty to a dollar thirty-three. Choice Holstein steers, dollar ten to a dollar nineteen. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, a dollar nine and down. Top twenty percent of the cold cows sold from seventy-eight to eighty-five. We topped at eighty-seven and a half. 60% of the cows sold from 59 to 77. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 58 and down. Cold bulls sold from 70 to a dollar. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 55 to $175 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $55 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 100 to $250 per head. Butcher hogs on Thursday. 
sold from 65 to 70. Boars sold from 27 to 31. Here are prices for fancy vaccinated feeder cattle from our last sale, which was held here on March 18th. Three to six hundred pound beef steers, a dollar twenty to a dollar sixty-eight. Six to nine hundred pound beef steers, dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-five. Three to six hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar fifteen to a dollar sixty-seven fifty. Six to nine hundred pound beef heifers, a dollar ten to a dollar sixty-two. Three to six hundred pound Holstein steers, eighty-five to a dollar thirty-six. Six to nine hundred pound Holstein steers, seventy-five to a dollar thirteen. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, April first. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sales. Feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104 to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thanks so much. And now we're joined by Jerry Fitzgerald from the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a very good morning to you and Jill. This is a nice late January morning. Oh, it's March, isn't it? <laughs> it's March. It's a late January. <laughs> Well, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, this morning, it's just kind of a goofy day. I think it's the weather. Yeah, well, anyway, it's, we are in Wisconsin. We're used to it. It's kind of frustrating because a week ago, yesterday, we had, uh, what, degrees, and now we're, uh, well, we never put away our stuff until about, well, maybe middle of June we should be safe, huh? I even think so, yeah. All right. Anyway, we better uh, give the folks a sales schedule here this week at Equity Stratford and uh, two big special sales coming up next week. So we'll do that. Uh, Jill, again, and Kristen, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. And uh, this will be the sales schedule this week here at Equity Stratford. Of course, we do have a full marketing week on tap. Start this morning at 9.30 a.m., right now this morning with market cattle. We sell market cows, conventional market uh, bulls, fat cattle, baby calves this morning will be around 11.30. Tomorrow, Tuesday, here in Stratford, we start with the hay auction at 10 o'clock. And uh, we do already have some oat straw consigned for that hay auction. Uh, square bales of oat straw. So you folks are looking for something like that. We got them for tomorrow along with the hay. At 11 o'clock tomorrow, we do the market cattle, conventional market cattle, and organic market cattle. So organic market cows every Tuesday. Our Wednesday auction starts at 10 o'clock, full marketing day on Wednesday. Uh, besides the market cattle, sheep, hog, and goats, feeder cattle at noon. And at, on Thursday, our auction starts at 11, a full marketing day with market cattle and baby calves. We want to talk about two special sales coming up here at Equity Stratford. That will be next week. Um, next Tuesday will be our next dairy auction, and that will be on April 5th, starting at 11 a.m., we have two complete herd dispersals for that auction next week. Uh, first herd will be a herd dispersal of 40 Holstein milk cows and springing heifers. Uh, all the young stock also will be sold. And there are numerous brown Swiss red Holstein heifers that will be selling also in this herd. A very good herd. Uh, tank average right now, 85 pounds per cow. Floral butterfat, very low semantic, around 160. And uh, this will be one of the better herds that we are uh, selling this spring. So some very nice... Uh, very nice cows. Pictures on our website. You invite your folk to take a look at that. Our second herd, 25 Holstein cows, tie star milked. And again, very high components on that herd, 4-5 butterfat, 3-4-4 protein. And again, both of these herds will be auctioned next Tuesday. That will be next Tuesday, April 5th here in Stratford. And next Wednesday, special bread beef cow sale here at Stratford. So all this is going to be next week, but we certainly... Uh, Take a look at our website. Uh, more information on these sales as we get through. We'll have more information. So, busy week this week, and uh, even a busier week next week. So, um, 
that's all we have this morning. Again, we'll be back here to give an update on market prices. Everything looks fairly steady. Of course, the uh, uh, as uh, Jill said, or as Kristen said before, the mercantile and the board of trade, that's up and down, up and down. But uh, markets have been fairly stable, so hopefully that will continue. And uh, again, I guess that's all I have this morning, ladies. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow, tomorrow morning and update what's going on today. And, uh, well, I guess it's... Not real, real cold, but, you know, it's uh, still to the point. I know we get some warm weather. Folks want to some of the coverings off the trailers. I'm probably not, probably not able to do that yet. So, um, And I think the roads are pretty good, though, aren't they, Kristen? Yep, roads are good. I didn't see any snow on my way in, so that's always a bonus. And, uh, well, we'll have to, uh, maybe Bob or one of you ladies could uh, kind of later on, because I've had people asking me, how's the maple syrup season going? I don't think real good. So maybe we'll get an update on that, too. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I'll talk to Bob later on. All right, you ladies have a nice day, and I thank you, and we'll talk to Bob tomorrow morning. Sounds good. Have a good one, Jerry. Jerry. And there he goes. That's Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Stratford Equity Barn. We've got Michelle from Tureen. She's coming in next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Michelle from Tureen Livestock with us. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kristen. So we've got a little chilly morning out there, and it looks deceiving, though, as we were talking about before. It looks nicer than it really is. Oh, oh it's so it's just it's yesterday. If you could just pretend it was even fifty out, I would have been happy. Oh, with 50. I know. I know. It's like back to winter hats and coats and mittens and. I know my kids even it said, do we need our winter boots? I'm like, no, we don't need them today. No, but it, was, yeah. it was below zero yesterday here with the wind chill. So oh. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. But, oh, well. That weather's for That's the okay. birds. It's, it's only here for, what, another week? I hope so. <laughs> me too. Well, Michelle, catch us up. What's all going on over at Tree and Livestock? All right. Thank you, Kristen. Summing up the week of March 21st, at Tureen Livestock Market in the Slaughterco Market, we tapped at 88 82% of the cows go from 60 and above. Market cows were 74 to 85, low-yielding cows 60 to 73, thin and weak cows 59 and lower. And the Holstein steer market choice, 118 to 128, selects for 116 and down. For beef-type steers and heifers choice, 120 to 138, selects for 118 and lower. In the bull market, high-yielding beef types came in at 84 to 101, with the utilities at 80 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Olsen bull calves come from $100 to $223 per head. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to $125 per head. Beef beef cross calves, $100 to $355 per head. In the hog market, there was no toast on the butcher. Sells were 62 to 85 and a half. Boars were 31 and a half and down. Today will be our next sale. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmthorpe.com. For all the veteran livestock, your family owned an upright market. Have a great day. You too, Michelle. And take it easy, and we'll catch you later this week. Sounds good. Take care. You too. There she goes, Michelle, over at Tureen Livestock this morning. We've got more markets and a little bit of weather and our alfalfa program coming up next on Wax. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And on the Chicago Board of Trade, we got your July corn down 8 at 726. July oats up 8 at 703. July beans down a dime at 1678. July soybean meal down 210. 
at 478.30 a ton. July wheat down 23 at 1069. Looking at the dairy side, barrel cheese up four at 225. Blocks are up three and a half to 227 and a half. Double A grade butter is down three quarters of a cent to 279 and a half. And your class three futures for March are unchanged at 2240 to April down 20 at 2430. May down 26 at 2501. June down 26 at 2479. July down 28 at 2434. And the markets were downward into 2023. Country elevators in the area. Golden Plump in Arcadia is at 655 for corn. Baldwin, Elmwood, and Fall Creek, 654 for corn, 1606 for beans. Durand is at 652 and 1606. Mondovi is at 656 and 1606. Osseo is at 659 and 1606. Stevens Point, 1590 for beans. Elk Mount is at 661 and 1619. Sparta is at 673 and 1613. Ellsworth, 649 and 1593. And Buck Country Grain and Dummer's Grain Service, 672 for corn and 1633 for beans. Boyceville is at 679. For ethanol, Stanley's at 681, New Richmond's at 676. For the most part, the snow is off. As spring is officially here, we've had some nice warm temperatures. Should be able to see what those alfalfa stands look like. Let's talk to Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist this morning, on taking a look at those stands. And, uh, Dan, as we are out there, what should we be looking for? And still, what kind of precaution should we take so we're not driving all over and ruining those stands this time of the year? Yes, Bob. I, I think the good news is that uh, we should be in pretty good shape this spring. We've, through a lot of the area, had decent snow cover. We haven't had any real bad cold snaps. Uh, so I'm, I'm optimistic that most stands are going to come through in pretty good shape. But nonetheless, it is worthwhile to go assess the stands to decide if they're in a high-yielding range. Uh, because, again, particularly with the uh, fertilizer costs, we need to have the stand condition and density to get high yield if we put the fertilizer on. So it's worthwhile, as, as soon as the ground is thawed, to go out and look at a few of the stands. And, and we should look for a couple things. Uh, if that was harvested last fall, we can usually see uh, uh, cut edges of that from the stems that were harvested last fall. And uh, the the general question would be, are we in the range of about 50 stems per square foot? And then given that we're expecting pretty good winter survival, we should be in good shape this year. But if the stands were significantly less than 40 stems per square foot, they're not going to be in an optimum yield range this year, no matter what we do in terms of management or fertilizer or anything else and, uh, might be worthwhile turning over and planting new stands. So look for the stem count or plant density if you can. And then the second thing would be to uh, dig a few plants down about six inches and look at the taproot. And if the taproot is turgid, if the inside is uh, kind of off-white like a potato, then that's a healthy plant that's uh, most likely going to green up and give us good yield this spring. If we have a, a significant number of plants that uh, are kind of ropey, uh, maybe yellowish-brown,